ni sambulu binaka na toranki na marama na darboki na ngono ilewa. Wani simatiko maina sala ni mwono liwa-liwa kina kakamburaki buka yudhariti kwa hanyongo. Senga talangani ngulethabi wera na toranki na marama pali nisani tolu kumbuna burumasanga kina matani tuweo kana towata tolo osaka. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Michael Cruz and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Fijians podcast where the Everyday Fijian shares the everyday story in the everyday world. Um, first and foremost, of course, just want to greet all our listeners, whether here in Australia where I'm residing or back home in Fiji or literally around the world. Um, just a shout out, special shout out um, during this past week where the nation of Macedonia. So... To any of those that are residing in Macedonia, just want to give a big shout out to all those that are there. Uh, it's wonderful that you're the 50, I believe, I think it's the 51st or the 53rd nation um, that is tuned into the Everyday Fijians podcast. So it's wonderful to see many nations around the world, particularly in the Europe, uh, Europe area, um, the, the region of, uh, sorry, the Europe region, nations of Europe, to see. Of course, Fijians or maybe non-Fijians as well, just listening to everyday Fijians sharing their story. On top of that as well, um, I just want to be thankful, you know, I'm just thankful for this week. Uh, uh, just on this uh, Sunday past, on the 24th of April, uh, I was just given, you know, I'm just thankful to the Lord to celebrate my 33rd birthday. So I'm just thankful that, you know, to be given another year of life, thank the big man up above for... You know, giving me the opportunity to celebrate another year, and I just give him all praise and glory and honor for it. But on top of that, as well, I just want to say a big to all those that wished me happy birthday um, through any means, through social media, text messaging, you name it. I'm just real thankful to receive um, such wonderful um, B Day greetings, B Day wishings, and it means a lot. And I just want to say thank you for that. Well, without further ado, we've just got our, we've got our next guest on the Everyday Fijians podcast. Um, the full name, her name is of course, her name, sorry, Seni Sautu. But if I was to say the full name of Seni Sautu, which simply is, bear in mind, just bear with me. Her full name, her full, full name is simply, sorry, bear with me, is simply Simone Melaya Sinivono Sautu. So it was an honor and privilege to get on the podcast where she just shared her story. She shared her humble beginnings and, of course, where she's now is being a nurse or, you know, being a person that is existing with people that need, you know, that need care. Uh, one of the things that I took out of her, uh, took out of the conversation was being patient. Uh, of course, being a role and just shout out to all our nurses or registered nurses of Fijian heritage um, that are taking up their role in, you know, taking care of people. And it can be understandable that you're looking after individuals that, you know, may require time. And it also was the key word that we brought up in the conversation was patience. And patience is probably one of the main attributes you need, especially being a nurse, whether it be in a hospital, whether it be in a nursing home, or whether it be in, in the home, taking care of someone that needs the, you know, their special care. So shout out to all, the, all those in that field. But look, without further ado, um, you know, it's just real honor to have her on the podcast and share her story. But I do hope that you take something out of it. I do hope that you take uh, something you know, out of this conversation. But also as well, just shout out to her sisters as well, to Will and Patricia. And also to Angie Chowana as well in regards to having Saini on this podcast. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Saini Sautu, the everyday Fijian sharing her everyday, st- everyday story in the everyday world. Naga, enjoy. Take it easy. Seni. Hi, 
Hey, hello. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, good, good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thanks. Uh, it's uh, good to hear from you. Oh, nice to be here. Sorry, <laughs> I just didn't see the link before. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, look, um, first of all, look, I just want to say uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for accepting the invitation. And look, I'm looking forward to uh, these brief moments that where we get to where you get to share your um, your story in the everyday world, eh? Oh, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Very Never done it before, so yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Look, look, without further ado, let's get straight into it, eh, Sanya? Um, yeah. Um, look, let's start with it. Um, first of all, what is your what is your full full name? So my full name is Simone Malaya Senivono Sautu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And in saying that, where do your where do your parents hail from, my mum and dad? So my dad comes from uh, Lomaina South, Tokotokotai level, and yes. my mum is from Oniatalao. Oh wow! Awesome, awesome mix, awesome <laughs> deadly combination. Shout out to Auntie Chowana as well. So uh, it's wonderful yes. to see uh, to see the links, and it's wonderful to know where you come from as well, saying and also. We have um, links to Tai Level, the best province in Fiji. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Push that level. <laughs> Don't forget it. <laughs> so I'm probably, I'm probably being biased because that's where I come from as well. But yep. no, it's wonderful yes. to hear that. Um, wonderful to hear that uh, saying. And also acknowledging your dad, of course, uh, Uncle Harima. Yeah. Um, it's it's wonderful that you know you still know your links, uh, Sandy. So it's wonderful to yeah. wonderful to hear that. So let's um. And I'm going to give this time to you, Sam. Sis, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this time to, you know, share your upbringing. Um, share your humble beginnings. My humble uh, beginnings. Share where it all started for you. Um, you know, going way back. You know, in your early days. So, Sani, I give it over to you. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I was born and raised here in Melbourne. Mm. Um, I was born in Melbourne, and then from the ages of one to three, I went to Fiji. Um, with my with my dad and he was taking care of a farm over there so because my two older sisters they were here they had to go to school my mum was here so I was the youngest and I went with my dad for three years yeah and when I was there I was taught Fijian I learned all the Fijian swear words um yep I pretty much just swore in Fijian majority okay. of my three years yeah <laughs> However, um, after I turned three, I came back to Melbourne and then I did my, you know, went to kinder, primary school, high school, and I did it here in Melbourne and I had to learn English. So mm. I was a very shy kid Yep. Um, from being in Fiji in the village to coming here and absolute culture shock. Yes. Um, I think I've just became very, a very shy girl mm. and uh, yeah as you grow and, you know, you meet new people and go into different times in your life, you kind of just um, get used to society and everything. So that was me until high school. And then um, church was also a part of my life heavily. Yep. Um, so not only was I going to school, we also had like youth, you know, Sunday school, prim um, not Sunday school, uh, yeah, Sunday school, like praise and worship practice, um, going to church and all that and prayer group. So heavily, um, you know, influenced by that. And then after high school, I actually, during high school, I went to become a, actually I did a placement at um, to become a pharmacy assistant. And yep. I did that for about 
maybe I was there for about nine years. Mm. And then three of those years I became pharmacy manager. And then during that, that time I went into nursing and I did my um, enrolled nursing, Div 2. And then <laughs> after I finished that, I couldn't find a job. So I went into disability work. Yep. And I've been in that pretty much in that industry for like for about seven years. Okay. And still there at the moment. Um, awesome. Yeah, but going back into nursing now. So had to do some placements for my for my practice and try and up um, update my skills. So that's that's the goal at the moment. Well, yeah. that's it's uh, it's wonderful to hear that, Senia. You know, your beginnings, of course. You know, you went to PG with that. You know, you spent three years on the farm. But one thing I've always wondered, Sandy, probably um, yeah. um, probably could answer this, is that Melbourne, you know, for me, uh, you know, when I think of, you know, I see the majority of PGNs is either here in New South Wales or up in Queensland. Yep. But um, what was it like, you know, what was the what was the reason behind, you know, um, living in Melbourne or was it a, or not even just the reason behind living in Melbourne, but what was the, yeah, what was the motive behind, um, you know, being born, born and raised in Melbourne was, did mum and dad see that Melbourne was a, was a good place to, you know, raise, um, um, raise not in yourself, but also your other sisters as well? Yeah, well, um, it probably started from my grandparents. They moved from, um, my grandma, she moved from Fiji with my grandfather and then okay. to um, Melbourne yep. and brought my mum over when my mum was like in her teens. And then my father actually visited um, sometime in Sydney, went to Sydney um, when they were kind of dating. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> that's a story. And he went to go visit. Majority of my family is actually in Sydney. Yes. Shout out to all the South Dudes. Um, Ezra, uh, CJ, Sarah, <laughs> and I, oh, the, names, the names are endless. It's, yeah. like, it's like the whole, the whole clan's living here. The whole clan is living in Sydney, and uh, yeah, only our family is literally in uh, Melbourne. Yeah. So um, yeah, the reason behind it was pretty much because my grandparents were situated here. Yeah. And then my, you know, obviously my mom, and then my dad came over, and then that's it. That was where we just settled and we stayed. Okay, I see. Yeah. That. But I'm seeing. But if you correct me if I'm wrong, saying I'm starting mm -hmm. to. For myself, I'm starting to see that the Fijian community, especially in Melbourne, is uh, is growing. Um, is growing from when it was, you know, say 20 or even 30 years ago, to what it is now. Um, it's just um, it's wonderful to see that the Fijian community, especially in Melbourne, is uh, not only starting to grow, but also in a way, um, it's been um, how can you say showcased through sports such as rugby with the Melbourne Rebels or you know any other means such as that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we we hosted the uh, Fijian draw and um, you know the the Fijiana team, yep. um, the grand finals, and majority of the Fijians there. I think some came from Sydney, some came from Queensland, others were situated here in Melbourne, and I had mm -hmm. no, I've never met them before. Okay. Um. So yeah, definitely grown, and more exposure here as well. Um. But there's definitely more. Pigeons in Sydney and in Queensland than there is here in Melbourne, but it is growing. So ah, okay. I reckon Melbourne's the best, though. To be honest, <laughs> some Just people not probably, being biased at all. <laughs> some people probably beg to differ. I've been to Melbourne a few times, bro. It's um four seasons in one day. A hundred percent. Yep. And not in on top of that, sometimes it feels like we're very close to Antarctica because <laughs> these guys are south of the border, 
and it feels like man, how can these guys, how can these people live down here? But you know, that's another. You're not wrong, thing. actually. Yeah. <laughs> but on top of that as well, saying you know, yeah. being raised in the farm, what other memories can you gather? You know, of course, going to live in, especially in Fiji, for three years of that. Um, what what are the memories that can that brings to you? You know, that brings to your remembrance. You know, especially being raised in a rural area and also on farmland. Oh, man, because I was so young. Yep. Um, I actually only remember things from pictures. Mm. Thank God for you know pictures. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't remember the thing. And I also, when I was in the farm in Navandra, Navandra farm, I was with um my cousin Nikki, Nicholas Sauni. Oh, shout out to him all the way in New Zealand. Yeah, all the way in New Zealand. He, me, and him, we grew up on the farm together. Okay. And, um, yeah, actually, he would know more than I would, to be honest. Um, but I do remember just feeling free. And there was a lot of, like, um, you know, we got to go on the horse. We got to just, like, muck around. And yep. I got to just hop from house to house and see all the family. And one of my um, aunties, my great aunts, actually, she was the one that taught me all the Fijian swear words. Um, that was one lady <laughs> I remember to this day. She taught me how to dance. Okay. I still can't dance, but, you know. Um, <laughs> but she, yeah, she pretty much was the the main person there as well as my dad. Um, but, yeah, I just remember being free there, mm. if I can, yeah. Because in, in a way, as you mentioned, coming back to Australia, coming back to Melbourne to do mm-hmm. this, to Pacino, of course, start off with kindy and then going from kindy to prime school. Um, first ages, did you yourself in your young mind back then? It was like a big change. No, of course you mentioned it earlier, but it was like a big change where wow, there's um, you know, it's how can I say it's structured or it's like oh, we've got to follow these rules, you know, especially in the education education system here in Australia. Was it sort of in the ways like, man, there's not much freedom as I was back in Fiji. Oh, absolutely. Like I said before, you know, I just got to get up and go to go to my auntie just across the street and you know she would teach me all these other things but over here once I came to Australia I was really structured you know your parents would leave and then you know you're stuck with other people and don't know who they are so it was really more of a culture shock Mm. I reckon um from being there to where I was and like reflecting back I was like why was I so shy you know Mm. when I was younger but I realized it was because during the you know between one and three I was really um I pretty much was on the farm. Yep. And, um, yeah, when I came here, it was pretty much just a culture shock, if anything, um, and just had to adjust. You've got to go to school. got to get the education. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that was that was hard, to be honest. So I, I tip my hat off to anyone who comes from Fiji, from, like, the village and then comes here and does studies and stuff. It's, it's tricky. Mm. It's completely different. Awesome, wonder, wonderful scene, but also in trouble as well. You know, when he came, of course, it was a culture shock. Um, mm-hmm. did your sisters, in a way, some um, did, of course, shout out to Willa and uh, Willa and Patricia. Did they, in some way, try to help you out as well during your early days of getting to kindy and in uh, in kindy and of you know, later on during your primary school life? Nah, not at all. Okay. Nah, you know what? I think um, they were also kids, so okay. um, they just wanted to go to school and see their friends. And, oh, okay. um, right, like, right. it's not that they didn't consider, but I mean, they were kids as well. So, all right, I think it was just obviously they would take care of me when I got to school, and yes. I kind of 
they were kind of my um, my pillar while I was at school because uh-huh. I knew that there was some kind of support yep. or someone from home that was still at school. And, you know, they all knew us because we were the only, like, Fijian kids there. My mm. sisters had afros when they were kids, so everyone knew us. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't hide us. Nah, we were, we were, we stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was good to have them there, if anything. But when I was young, I kind of just had to adjust wherever I was. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just one. Oh, man, that's, uh, that, I, like, I like how you answered that. But in saying that as well, <laughs> Of course, going in high school, you know, going through, you know, going through as a young person, you know, church life as well. Mm. Um, You know, as you mentioned, you were, you you were like a farm, you you know, you went into pharmacy. So correct me if I'm wrong, the pharmacist, those are the, you're the the people at the counter that, you know, that does the prescription orders in there? Yeah, pretty much. So when people come into the pharmacy and they need something for whatever symptoms they have, or they're feeling sick, they would ask for something, whether I pres- I can say something over the counter or I would direct them to a pharmacist to give something stronger or something like that. So, yeah. Okay, what what made you want to be, uh, be a pharmacist? What made you want to go in that field, especially dealing with uh, medication and, you know, people's prescription orders? Uh, funny thing, bro. I actually never wanted to do it. Um, <laughs> I was kind of forced to do it. <laughs> Shout out to all the pharmacists that made this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I um I had to do it for a work um what's that called work experience. Yes, work yeah. Yeah, so that started in year ten, and they were like, you have to do a work experience for a week, and I was shy still, and mm. I didn't know anybody. And then mum's like, look, just do the one just down the road from her hairdressing salon, which she had, and um yeah, so that's how it started, and then. I did once a week and then once I finished school, I did full time and then, you know, just carried on from there. But yeah, I think from that, it made me want to go into nursing. Ah, okay. Yeah. But it's saying as well, because with me, um, like when my, when my mom was alive, we would go to the pharmacist every time, man. Yeah. Of course, with the prescriptions and everything, we'll give, we'll hand them in. But uh, one thing I always questioned, or one thing I always pondered were, whenever I was at the pharmacist was that, they took a while to get your get the farm, you know, get the orders because I thought to myself as a young kid back then, oh, they just giving the prescription, boom, 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 you got it. But it'll be like a ten yeah. minute, ten minute, um, five to ten minute wait. Could that been, you know, since you all did work in the pharmacy saying, was in a way they're making sure, you know, you got the you know, you got the correct prescription, you got the correct orders, because if there was one slip up, then there could be some trouble down the road. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think that was more on the pharmacist. We were just like, I was like the pharmacy assistant. So I just passed it on. And then if there was an error, it would be made by the pharmacist. And then from there, you know, they would either call the doctors. Sometimes you, you can read what the doctors have written. Like it's just mm. scribble. So mm. you call the doctors, you know, medical center, okay. wherever they are and get it um, clarified and corrected and faxed over and all that stuff. Um, just to make sure you give the right drug, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Going into you know, going into high school as well, saying you know, of course yeah. you said church life. Um, of course with um with dad, he was a pastor as well, eh? Yeah, so I'm a PK kid. So um, PK yep. Kid, yep. So <laughs> what was it like for you being a PK kid, and you know, you're in high school and yep. also you're a PK? Uh, was it challenging times for yourself knowing that? 
you know, you've got to set yourself an example, being a kid of, you know, being a daughter of a pastor, but also being in the, you know, being in a, you know, being in a society or being in a group of friends that, you know, um, you know, everyone's different, if I may say. Yeah. Um, I, you know what, I was very blessed to have a good group of uh, friends with me. Mm. Um, good company. They were good people. And, um, you know, we all kind of thought the same. So I wasn't yep. really influenced by anything else. Um, we were all very strong headed girls. And um, so it, that kind of helped. Um, but being a, you know, pastor's kid, yep. back then, uh, when I was in high school, dad, oh, yeah, he was he was the elder of the church. Yep. And then, um, yeah, later on became a pastor. It By that time, I had already finished high school. So, oh, did I finish high school? Actually, no, I didn't. I was in high school. Um, yeah, it was kind of challenging, but I wasn't necessarily, um, I was so actually um, busy with church life that I didn't experience what it was outside of church, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so I was constantly within church, you know, um, programs and activities and stuff. Um yeah, I was, I wouldn't say I was, it was hard for me being a pastor's kid because I was already a good kid, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, influences of other things around me. I mean, I saw it from other from others that were around me, but for myself, I didn't necessarily get into any other things that my other, you know, other fellow schoolmates may have gotten into. Yep. Um. But we were also in leadership and stuff. So, you know, you, you did have that at the back of your mind to make sure you were a good example and all that. So, yeah, kind of kept you in line, if anything. Okay. Well, wow. that's uh, it's wonderful to hear that saying, of course, you know, coming from perspective as yourself, being a PK and on top of that, you know, with your life in high school and then and you say that everyone had, you know, that your, your minds were like... You know, they'll just, you know, you thought in the same way, in the same manner. And that's, uh, it's wonderful to hear that saying. Yeah. On top of that as well, saying, of course, it's, um, correct me if I'm wrong, saying it's a belief. Is it coming up on now 14 years now since, uh, since, of course, uh, dad passed on? Yeah, 14 years now. You're yeah. right. So, um, yeah. what, what is, um, you know, what, mm, how can I put it? Uh, what has it been, what has it been like for you, sis, you know, 14 years, like for myself? It's been six years since my mom passed back in 2016. Yeah. Yes. But um, you know, for yourself, sis, and of course with the Auntie Joanna, and of course with um, Will and Patricia, what happened for yourself, Sandy? What has it like been for you? You know, 14 yeah. years, of course. You know, for us boys, you know, we look to our mothers as a you know as that role, you know, as that role figure. Yeah. And of course, with with daughters, they look to their fathers. You know, like daddy's little girl. Yeah. So, so forth. But what has happened for you? Happened for you, sis? What is it like for you being? You know, for you know, for the past fourteen years, has it made you, in a way, you know, really value your links to family, knowing that even though that you know, dad, you know, Uncle Lerum has passed on, but it makes you um, it makes you more motivated to connect with family, especially with the South Do side, and you know, just kind of yeah. strengthen those links as the years have gone by. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I Ever, when Dad was alive, we were always in contact with our Sydney family, yes, or Fiji family, we were, mm. or, or New Zealand family. Um, Dad always made the effort to make sure we would every holidays we would either go down to um, Sydney or the Sydney fans would come to us, or 
you know, we always had that link. Dad was very tight with his siblings, um, with my aunties and my uncles. So um, he always made the effort to make sure we knew our family. Mm. Um, and then when he had passed on, it was very hard. It was hard for everybody because yeah. um, dad was a, you know, he was a big influence on a lot of people. Um, as well as for us, the immediate family, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. You would understand because yes. you know, like your mum would be a pillar for you, and dad yes. was also a pillar for us. Um, we were also as part of the church, and you know, he was a pastor, and then mum had to take on the role, and so you know, it was like, um, it was hard, it was yeah. definitely hard. Um, and you know, like you would go home, and you know, certain things you would pass, and you know, just it would bring back memories, old memories, and you know, the whole part of grieving is, it's very different for everybody, eh? So, mm. um, you know, my sisters would wail and cry and stuff. I was one that I just couldn't cry. I just didn't know how to cry. Um, it was just different. Like we all grieve differently. And as time passed, probably maybe, oh, man, maybe it got a bit easier, maybe three years ago. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's, yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's, it's a, it was a long time and, you know, you miss dad, especially in, um, uh, special occasions, like when my sisters got married and mm. my mom had to walk down my sisters down the aisle and, you know, that was still very significant. Um, but it's something, you know, your father usually does. So, yes. um, birthdays, you know, father's day, you would, you know, for yourself, it'd be mother's day for you and. You know, those significant dates, um, that's when you probably, I probably miss him the most. Um, but it's it was hard. But as time went on, it kind of got a little bit easier. Yep. Um, and accepted the fact that he's gone to the Lord, um, gone to a better place. And you know what? If anything, it's kind of motivated um, myself to draw close to the Lord um, to make sure that, my, you know, my path is right with the Lord. <laughs> Because I want to see my dad again. Amen. Amen. You want to see your loved ones again. And mm. um, it's a motivation for me, to be honest. Um, and then like to go to his grave. Sometimes I just go to his grave. You know, when he was alive, he was like, you know, if I die, don't bother coming to my grave. Don't, I'm not there. Yep. You know, and my mom was like, don't be like that, you know, because, you know, that's, that's our time to, you know, feel comforted and stuff. Mm. But, you know, it's different perspective, but. Yeah, so if anything, it was it was hard at the beginning, but now as time has passed, it's gotten easier. Yeah. Mm, well, amen, amen, wonderful saying, because uh, mm. we always meet up on his weddings. Shout yeah. out to Lorima, Lorima and, um, of course, dad's namesake. Of course, you yeah. guys, Lorima and uh, Kirillin at the wedding. Kirillin, yep. um, it must have been fitting to see, you know, for you, uh, you three girls and mom to see, you know, dad's namesake uh, finally tied them up with his high school sweetheart. Yeah, it was the best. It was it was epic, and for mum to um, marry, you know, dad's namesake or my yep. cousin or Larima and Kiralee, it was um, it was very significant. And very, you know, it was it was a good time, and it was it was definitely um, you know epic, epic mm. experience. Yeah. Because I could see, I, I saw, because I, I was I was watching them, I was watching from the back, I could see that Aunt Joanne was trying to maintain her composure. She didn't want to break down. 
Oh, you know, I tried to tie them up because you know it would have been taken a few more minutes for Lorima to say I do, and you know all the wedding yeah. band and stuff. But she composed herself very well. Shout out again, once again, to Auntie Chuan, Auntie Chuan, if she's hearing this out. Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, she did well to compose herself. That would have been hard. I, I, I was like to mum, uh, I tip my hat off to you. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful saying this. Look, moving on to the next question, you know, the differences you see compared back, we've just explained probably from most of it or briefly, you know, in regards mm -hmm. to your secondary you know, being raised in uh, the village, yep. you know, coming to, you know, the culture shock of being around kindergarten, of course, in an entirely, you know, city such as Melbourne, where it's, yep. you know, it's deeply multicultural. Um, what, do, what are the differences you see now compared to back then? Of course, now you're an auntie. Yeah. You know, your nieces and nephews, are, of course, they're in school right now, where you were many years ago, they are there now. But what are the differences you see now compared to back then? As in myself or as in society itself or what do you Oh it can be can be both. Can be both sis one is in yourself or is in society or even for your nieces and nephews that are attending you know, they're attending their primary education. Yeah, well, um probably just growth. I think from what I experienced when I was a kid, I'm um, you know, being an auntie is the best. You get to put your two cents into your nieces and nephews and I got to have I get, I'm very, very close with my nieces and nephews. So, um, you know, things that I've drawn from the past, um, you know, my niece, one of my nieces is uh, quite shy. So I can reflect back on how I was in, back in the day and kind of draw from that experience and be like, don't worry about what other people say. You just do you, you know, mm. um, because um, as the years have gone past, you know, I've kind of grown and, you know, build my own confidence and not to worry what other people think, but to, you know, to do what you feel you need to do. And and if you get a question wrong, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Just go to the next or, yep. you know, don't have that full, um, what, expectation or pressure of society to to be that particular person or, you know, you just be your own, really. Mm. Um, but the differences from back then till now, definitely growth, definitely confidence. Um, yeah, society is changing. I feel like it's changing all the time. Yep. Um, kind of keeping up with the times, but, um, you know, I believe a big part of it is having faith. So you understand who you are when society changes, um, and to know, you know, your own identity and just grow in that and do what you need to do in life. Um, yeah, differences. Yeah. Did I answer that question? Not sure. Yeah, yeah, no, you answered it greatly. That's um, <laughs> a, it's one here, yeah, especially when you mean, when you mentioned growth, um, yep. especially when technology, when you put technology into it, uh, growth in my view has just rapidly increased. Yeah, increased the growth of society tremendously. Like it, you know, for us back in our days, you know, I know mm -hmm. we kind of old people, we had to go to the library to get, you know, to yeah. get what we need for assignments or for right. encyclopedia or yeah, encyclopedia. Uh, Encyclopedia, oh man, I'm twisting my words. Encyclopedia Botanica, any of those uh, yeah, $1,500 book sets that we couldn't afford. <laughs> that's why we had to go to the library. But yeah. uh, in saying that as well, um, absolutely, because when you look at uh, you know, when you look at society as well, you know, you just we just grab our smartphones, Wushka, Wikipedia, Wushka, Google, oh, you know, just yeah. and it, it's the kids that are, of course, you have the 
nieces and nephews and of course the younger generation seeing that man you just go press a button there's the info you don't have to walk down to the library absolutely they're so fast they're actually quite advanced more than they were back in my day um yeah definitely like what you're saying with technology technology is a major influence on you know on the kids nowadays sometimes it's bad in a bad way mm. but also in a good way where they you know kind of grow quicker um but yeah definitely technology is a huge influence on that and they don't have to go through pages of books yes yes <laughs> shout um, out to all us book readers back then but uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> but also but on top of that you pointed out something i'm saying you know where especially mm-hmm. technology you know at times it can be bad it can be bad yeah uh, you, you know, it just dropped my memory of, I think it happened last year, I think it was in Melbourne, where mm. unfortunately due to, you know, social media and technology, I believe, um, I think it was happening in Melbourne, I think it was a 14-year-old, yes. a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old, I think it was a Tongan kid, Tongan, mm. um, Tongan a young fella, he unfortunately um, was caught up in a bro and ended up getting killed, and I believe it was just over for a Facebook post yes. or something of that, or something yes. of that stature. Um, do you, as an auntie, or, um, or does mum, or does um, Will or Patricia, do they sort of have that talk with, do you sort of guys have that sort of talk with your nieces and nephews in regards to watch out for what you see, on, you know, especially in technology, or watch out what you type? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely crucial. Um, you know, YouTube. YouTube is a major influence on the kids. Yeah. But because, um, like, Hadass is what 10 years old she's the oldest out of the you know the grandkids or my nieces and nephews and um she you know she sees she sees certain things they're not exposed to Facebook or anything like that but we do have that chat about social media or things that you watch it does influence you know um it does influence how you become or um as well as to be watchful what you what you see on technology um it could be like a pop-up you know in the pop-ups during like the ads and stuff yes yes during youtube and stuff that comes up and then they click on it it's quite curious and everything um you know you you can't be a hawk on them all the time Mm. (laughs) but you can um just show them look you see that that's something you shouldn't go into and then you can have that talk to them okay what have you seen and then go from there kind of that's how I talk to my nieces and nephews mm. they're like oh I watched this and then I saw this and then oh yeah did you see this and I was like is that good did you I don't know if you should be watching that to be honest mm. um but then we have that dialogue kind of just to be open I think that's very um important with especially with the younger generation you have to have that open rapport with them because sometimes they would hide things <laughs> mm. <laughs> We've all done it before. Um, but, you know, and just have that dialogue with them. Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much what we do. We do have that talk with them, though. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful to hear that, Sam. And uh, shout out to your nieces and nephews as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll hear this and uh, we'll say, oh, yeah, I've got a shout out. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on, saying, what do you love about Fiji? Uh, of course, as you mentioned, yeah. yeah farm in life as a young you know as a young one as a young uh, young girl with dad what else do you love about Fiji what makes you want to go back to either going on holidays or visiting family but uh what do you love about going back to back home um, back home uh you know what my favorite time of going over to Fiji is the midnight flight from Melbourne okay like 
packing my stuff, knowing that I'm going to get on that plane and leave Melbourne. It's just that the thrill of that just gets me. Um, and I get, you know, that you arrive at the crack of dawn in Fiji, you open, you, the doors open at the plane, you step out and it's like you get hit by the heat wave pretty much. Mm. And um, the sugar cane burning, the smell of that. Ah, I yes, yes, yes. Not only that, I love the food. I love the seafood. I love the fruit. It's fresh. It's good. The beaches. Um, I love. I love the simplicity of life in Fiji. To be honest, um, it gives me a lot of perspective when I come back to this crazy, busy Melbourne. Um, <laughs> Ira, yeah. So, yeah, that's something I love about Fiji. Definitely the food. I love the um, long loaf. <laughs> Oh, Crepe yeah, one. I have that every day, every day. Um, yeah, and pretty much family. Family is my go-to always. Yeah. All right. Well, talking about food, I've got this next segment. I always do this with every all my guests. It's called favorite Fijian cuisine. So, pretend right now, Senyo, you've got a table in front of you. If you're sitting in front of a table, that's awesome. If not, just pretend. Yep. It's a four-course, four-course meal. So we've got <laughs> breakfast, lunch dinner and dessert so the thing is for fijian cuisines you'd start with breakfast and then go all the way to dessert so with the first fijian cuisine saying what would you have for breakfast uh long loaf with tea oh and the rawa butter yes and with the rawa butter definitely that has to come <laughs> with that um the cream bun yep um i could have baba cow okay um and then the fruits, the pawpaw, the mango, the pineapple, all the fruits. Wow, up. That's, yeah. that's a massive breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm sorted for the rest of the day. <laughs> all right. Let's see if you have room for lunch. What would you have for lunch? Oh, you know what? I I love curry. I love the roti. Yep. Um I could have roro. I would have uh fish with lolo and cassava. That's probably lunch and dinner, to be honest. Okay. So that's a combined, yeah. that's combined lunch and dinner. All right, all right. Then saying that if you have room, if you have room, saying what would you have for dessert? Oh man, I wouldn't have room for dessert. I go back to the cream bun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> man, that's a very sweet cuisine course you got there, man. Oh, I'm a sweet ready. tooth. You must be sweet tooth. Yeah, I'm a big sweet tooth. My whole family knows that one. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Okay, all right. Here's another segment I got for you, Sandy. So. Mm -hmm. Got here, our architect Jeff here with us. Now, mm -hmm. we've got your own. Now, this is what I call Mount Rushmore. So, it'll be five people you would put on your Mount Rushmore, whether it be famous people, whether it be family. So, you're looking at a mountain right now. Yeah. You've got Jeff, the architect. Yeah. And you've got this clear space, but you've got five faces you would put on your Mount Rushmore. Now, I know five faces is not much. But if you if there's family, if anyone's hearing this, if any family or friends of um saying you do miss out, probably saying you'll put down at the bottom of the mountain, hashtag I love you all. Yeah. On your mountain rushmore, who would you put? Five faces, whether it be famous people or family, sis. Nah, I'll definitely just put family. Okay. I'll put my um oh gosh, who would I put? Well, I'll put my nieces and nephews. Okay, that's going to be very hard to put on one face. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, I would put, yeah, probably my mum, my Thai, my Willa, Trisha, and Hadassah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that can work out. But anyway, that's, uh, it's wonderful to hear that you put your family. Um, any reason behind that, if you want to add further to that, um, Sam? Oh, you know what? I, yeah, I just, yeah, I, they're, they're the most important people to me. Mm. Um, famous people, tip my hat off to them. Uh, the most <laughs> important people in my life, for sure, is my fans. Um, okay. And if, you know, but, um, yeah. Are you saying as in, like, they're the most important people is influencers in the world? No, no, that's okay. We'll, that we'll, we'll, okay. we'll stop it there. We'll, you know, you've got your family on the Mount Rushmore because Jeff's already left. So. <laughs> He's already left the building, eh? <laughs> yeah, so that's you know, that's no, that's wonderful that you put family because I've had you know other people there put family and look, that's awesome because of course we must be a genius and then we put you know, we put family higher up um, you know, when it comes to, you know, our wise. Why why do we succeed? Why do we, you know, Absolutely. work hard? Why do we do what yes. we do? Because our wise is our family, as you just mentioned, you know. Yeah. Mom, you know, your niece, nephews, dad, and they've all played a pivotal role mm-hmm. in who um, who you are today. So wonderful stuff, saying wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, look, moving on, you know, what is your five year goal? Uh what do you want to achieve in the future? Of course, as you mentioned, you're doing of course uh nursing. Yep. You know, you're helping out the disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, you know, what is your outline? What do you want to, you know, what, what do you want to see the future saying you achieve or in five years' time, what do you want to see, you know, being achieved in your life, especially as an everyday Fijian? Um, well, I want to, yeah, obviously finish my nursing, as you said, um, probably buy a house in the next couple of years. Okay. Um, and then trade my car in because my car's great. Um and get another car and also travel to as many countries as I can. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And by, of course, finishing nursing, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're, of course, in, you know, taking that role in nursing, especially helping the disabled. Um, yeah. how, um, you know, what are, what benefits do you see with nursing? How is it a, has it shaped you not in just in a physical way, like you know, helping lifting and all that, but also has it given you a fresh, um, fresh meaning of a fresh meaning or fresh perspective? Looking, you know, wow, you know, I'm blessed physically, but there are others that are that are not. There are others that are need help. There are others that. Oh, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Um, in when I work, go to work at the disability day service, I get reminded every day. Um, you know, we obviously got a feed, you gotta got I deal with a lot of IDs like intellectual disabilities. Yep. Um, as well as physical disabilities. Um, and you know, the fact that I can actually move my legs, I can breathe on my own, or you know, I can, you know, do what I want when I want. Mm. Um, you kind of you definitely get perspective saying how grateful you are to still be living and moving. Um yeah, definitely have that, yeah, perspective of gratefulness. And on top of that as well, saying yeah. for those that are, you know, that are wanting to get into the nursing, mm-hmm. um, such as what, you know, the, the profession or the role that you're doing, is yeah. it in a way, um, could I say that you have to have patience, that it's not like, it's not like your typical mm-hmm. warehouse work where, right, get stuff on the conveyor, they put everything on the pallet or yeah. finish this document and then boom, you know, that's it. Is it more... As in your yeah. role, it's like you're dealing with individuals that, you know, 
that need patience and you have to be patient. Yeah, definitely. Um, you have people who will, you know, kind of push your buttons. Yeah. And you can't react like a, you would a typical Fijian sometimes, you know. <laughs> You'd be like, man, I just want to mock with this kid. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, but definitely it really taught me patience. Yes. Um, taught me to hold my tongue. Mm. Um, taught me to um, hold back. Um, sometimes you don't always have to say something. Um, taught me about not always having that power trip. Mm. You don't always have to win. Just let them go. You know? yes. Like let it ride, ride it out, and then, you know, they will change their minds on their own. Um, and they'll they'll see the consequences for themselves. And, you know, you can, you can work around things depending on who you're working with. But patience was, you know, before I went into the disability sector, I thought I knew. I mm. thought I had a lot of patience. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Okay. But man, did it test my patience. All right. Yeah, it was literally the Lord, you know, the Lord really came through. I was telling the Lord, I was like, Lord, my gosh, I you have to teach me how to do patience again. Yes. Like, on top of what I thought I knew. Nah, man, it was nothing compared to what I needed to learn. Um, so, yeah, definitely taught about patience. Definitely taught about um, perseverance, consistency, Mm. Um, because I deal with a lot of people with um, autism. So um, routine consistency is a major thing for them. And if it isn't, then you'll see behavioural changes mm. and you can see other challenging behaviours come through. Um, so that really taught me something else. Um, but, yeah, definitely character building. Um, I learned through both, I mean, the disability sector, even help going into nursing, Yes. The disability sector actually helped me go back into nursing. Um, oh. Yeah, definitely. Because the reason why I asked it is because, yeah. you know, I'm starting to see, because I see a lot of people, especially uh, with males or, not and also females, you know, trying to get into that nursing field. But yeah. it's it's more than just, if I was to be transparent, most of them, are, they saw it's good money, it's good coin. But the thing behind the good coin and the good money is that, of course, just as you mentioned, you have to have certain attributes that yeah. meet to that role, such as patience, perseverance, mm. dealing with individuals that have, you know, multiple personalities. They can be, you know, good at one day, but the next minute, it's like they've kind of done a 360-degree turn and realize yeah. that they're a total different character. So what would you recommend um, to those that may be listening? What would you recommend to those that want to get into your field or nursing overall? Um, you know what? Fijians all have that capacity to nurture, to to take care of, to to you know. Um, every every other nationality loves Fijians because of how we are. Mm. Um, so, if you want to go into nursing, go for it. If you have that caring perspective, go for it. Um, if you're passionate about you know helping people, um, that's definitely your field. But if you're doing it for the money, probably not the best mm. <laughs> because. You're, either burn out or you won't get, you won't find fulfillment in it for mm. yourself. So best if you find something that you like and go into that. Yep. Um, definitely. And if it's, yeah, if it's definitely something that you see yourself doing to take care of people, then by any means go for it. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful saying. That's a wonderfully said. I really, um, and thank you for answering that because I just thought I'll leave it, you know, say it out loud. Of course, yeah. you know, let me force to be real. You know, most people, when they mm -hmm. look for employment, they're trying to look for that good coin. 
Yeah. And of course, with some certain forms of employment to get that good coin, you must have not only just certain qualifications that will get you into the job, but also, yeah. you know, see your own personal, your own, your own character or who Absolutely. you are, how you represent. You yeah. know, just as you mentioned, that possessing those attributes will help you along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to especially with nursing, thank you for uh, mentioning that saying. I really appreciate that. No, that's all right. Okay, then we're going to finish off with this saying, and mm-hmm. uh, and even before I finish up, I just want to say once again, uh, we're not about level saying for you know being a coming on this podcast. Uh, do apologies a bit of a short notice, but uh, mm-hmm. thank you so much for putting your hand up and you know sharing your stuff, sharing your story. But if I was to finish up with this saying. Yep. How important to you is um, the Fijian way of life or, mm-hmm. you know, Fijian history or your own family history, whether it be, you know, from mom's side or whether it be from dad's side, you know, being a Sautu or being, you yeah. know, the Reniga, uh, you know, with mom's uh, maiden name as well. How important is it to you, especially living here, uh, li- you know, living in Australia and living, in, of yeah. course, in Melbourne? But um, what can you take out of knowing your roots or your identity of being a Fijian? Um, I, I think it's a privilege. It's, it's part of our heritage, you know, um, when you know where you come from and mm. someone asks, you're able to actually answer. Um, I may not know my whole side of my mum's side, yep. but, you know, at least I know where she comes from. Um, it's you know, there's a lot of families that I've spoken to in the past that don't know necessarily have been back to their village. Yep. Um, so they don't necessarily know where they've come from because they've lived overseas. And, um, you know, that's kind of put a strain on them knowing their actual roots. But um, if you have a, a fair idea of where you come from and, you know, that's that's important too because it's part of your identity of being a Fijian. Um, the history part of it also, that's also part of who you are of, or of who you become or where you came from um, and to where you are now. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it's definitely um, the way of life in Fiji. Mm. Like I said before, um, it's really brought perspective. When I come back to the busyness of life in the Western side yeah. or the Western society or, you know, Western countries, you, you I, for me, I always get perspective back from Fiji. When I come back, I'm so relaxed. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that will say the same thing, that they would just want to stay in Fiji rather than coming back. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's just so cruisy. It's just so nice. It's not so hectic. Um, you get to enjoy life. Um, but obviously, you know, some of us have to work and go back to our old lives. But, yeah, I think it's it's definitely important to know where you come from. But if you don't know the full story of where you do come from, it's okay. Um, but if you can find information of where you do come from, then try and find out where you come from. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And on top of that, if I was that further, then uh, further on what you've said, Sandy, yeah. well, not only just add, but ask, um, you know, of course, with the past weddings that we've met at, so of course, with Kevin, uh, with Kevin yeah. Langama's wedding 2018, followed yeah. by Elijah's wedding in 2020. Yep. And then followed by Larima's wedding just in February. Uh, with, of course, when it came to items, all you girls, especially the three of you, who, you know, you perform a Mecca or you perform a Mecca of a church song into. Yeah. You know, look, born in, we're born here in Melbourne. We, you know, we, we were raised, sorry, 
not just born but raised here in Australia, but mm -hmm. you know, by incorporating those that you know the Mecca or incorporating yeah. what you do in regards to entertain the bread and grim shows, hey, we haven't forgotten where we come from. Absolutely. Yeah. You know that that that's that's pretty much what it is. Um, you know, we it we do it for our like for we do it for our brothers or, you know, our cousins. And um that was a way of just you know, show, sharing the love and sharing the culture. Um, even though, like you said, we've born and raised here, we also wanted to be like, this is for you guys. You know, mm. it's just we we just started off doing that at Kevin's wedding. Yep. Oh, no, we started off at my sister's wedding at Willis. Okay. And then it just kind of became a tradition that every time we, like a, a wedding was on for any of our cousins or um, or any of the family, we would, do a meke and that that became tradition pretty much so um yeah and something that we love to do because we all get to do it together and because majority of us were uh like born and raised in australia um that we could go back to of just learning a fijian meke and mm -hmm. just doing it all together yeah and kind of winging it on the day Oh, we we wing it up today. You just, uh, I just when you say wing it up today, I wing it up, wing it on the day. I think of Sarah, um, because yep. Sarah Nangama. Uh, I don't know if she'll hear this. Um, shout out to and also, um, of course, the good effort on the weekend against the drawer. Yeah, I've seen when Sarah does it. I say to myself, wow, I don't know how many how many drinks she had. But yet she still has the you know the strength to go up and perform with these girls. But you know that's Sarah, of course, being Sarah. Yeah, that that's Sarah. Yep, she can do it. She's the carry on queen. So, you know, if she if if there's a task in front of her and she has to do it, she'll do it. That's but, it, and especially especially with those well those chiseled arms up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Fit. Marvel Marvel character, you know, from from the four <laughs> comics or something. She's like Superwoman, far out. <laughs> Yeah, Hulk has got nothing on her. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, same. Look, I, I really enjoyed. Look, we finished up on talking about Sarah, but well, let's go back to you. Let's put about. Let's put it nah, back. Yes, yes. All good. But all once again, fantasy. once again, Sandy, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, for thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. No worries. No, no worries. No worries. So thank you for you know being that everyday Fijian, just sharing your everyday right. story in the everyday world especially in Chile, Melbourne. So thank you, yeah. Sandy, and I wish you all the best in your nursing career. Thank wish you, you all the so best much. With your future endeavours and also wishing, all you, wishing you all the best, of course, with being a good, you know, great auntie to your nieces and nephews, not only just in Melbourne, of course, but also up here in Sydney as well and, and in Queensland as well or in any other part of Australia. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Take care, Sandy. Thank you. you too. Naka. Yeah. Naka. Okay. Okay.